So welcome to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is your host, Jennifer Sommerfeld. On today's podcast, I have with me guest Cinnamon Cranston. Cinnamon is a former graduate of the University of Regina and has been in the health and wellness field for 20 years. She began her career as a massage therapist and has also received training in Reiki and neurolinguistic programming. Cinnamon eventually found her home in Rosen Method in 2008. She specializes in Rosen Method bodywork and movement as a certified Rosen Method practitioner and workshop teacher, as well as a Rosen Method movement teacher with a practice in Edmonton, Alberta called the Mindful Body. Listeners to this podcast, um, Cinnamon wanted you to know that there is a Rosen Method movement and body workshop this April, Inhabit Your Body, Your Life from April 11th to the 14th at Healing Connections in Edmonton. Listeners of this podcast will receive the early bird discount of $100 upon registering. You can learn more about Cinnamon at www.themind... I think I said three there, www.themindfulbody.ca or her social media handles at mindfulbody underscore Y-E-G. So welcome, Cinnamon, to our program today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I reached out to you, Cinnamon, because, um, well, first of all, I have sent clients to mm-hmm. you, but I also know the magic of Rosen therapy, and I see it as an incredibly valuable uh, trauma therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to have that discussion with you, um, because obviously we both specialize in that area. Mm-hmm. But but before we dive into that, what what got you interested in transitioning from traditional massage therapy to Rosen method? Mm-hmm. And how would you differentiate between the two? Right. Um, well, I think massage therapy was always a, a stepping stone for me. It was never really complete um, for me. I, I, um, I always knew there was more going on in the person than... Um, than tight muscles. And so I think that's why I was interested in Reiki um, and the, the healing benefits of, of uh, working with energy in the body. Mm. But then um, I kind of, well, I spent a great deal of time being a stay-at-home mom. And, um, and then when I got back into my massage practice, um, I was looking for something. Um, Mm. I had explored becoming a pastoral counselor and I studied a bit of integrative body psychotherapy and I was considering becoming a a therapist, a talk therapist, but Mm. because I had this background in massage and I was really, um, wanted to stay with the body. And so I was really exploring uh, trainings that worked with healing, um, healing from trauma that included the body, not just talking. And mm-hmm. um, for my own self, I had spent a lot of years in talk therapy, um, also in integrative body psychotherapy, which does work with body awareness, but not with touch. And uh, at mm-hmm. some point in my healing, I had a lot of tools and resources, a lot of understanding. I'd healed a lot, but physically I was still having symptoms of panic, anxiety, um, and I couldn't resolve them, you know, and I just thought Mm. this has got to be more, you know? Mm. Um, 
and I found it, you know, someone recommended Rosen method to me to try. And so I tried it and I couldn't believe how effective it was at getting right to what was going on in the body and that my body was mm. storing still all of these emotions and experiences that hadn't been fully resolved yet. And it was a way of accessing them um, and releasing them. Mm. So I felt freer, more connected to myself and more healed. Um, so yeah, I, I was hooked. <laughs> so at that point, mm. because it worked so well for me, um, and because mm -hmm. I was looking for something like this, I decided to go forward with the training. So that's how, mm. I mean, I, I got into it because I needed to heal, which is pretty typical mm -hmm. of healers. Right? It's very typical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and so your transition into Rosen Method, and maybe you can tell us a bit about what exactly it is. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, can you tell us what integrative body medicine is? Yeah, what you said? Integrative, integrative body, body psychotherapy. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? It was created by, I think it's Jack Rosenthal, by Rosenberg or something like that. I can't, I, don't quote me on that name, but it's something like that. Uh, it's from California mm -hmm. and um, it works with um, character style, um, family of origin, and um, sort of that abandonment inundation character style and it helps mm. to heal um kind of your um habitual responses to um uh being activated being stressed um based on mm -hmm. how you grew up in your family of origin and then it so a lot about attachment wounds. yep yep and then working okay. with uh, good parent messages and helping to heal mm. that inner child and give that child what you didn't get when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's a lot of reparenting and a lot of learning boundaries as well. And working with the body in the sense of physical sensation, like, um, okay. you know, putting the string around your body and noticing how it feels to have a boundary and then having your therapist do the same and notice how that feels when they have a boundary and things like that. Um, working mm. with the breath so that if you're in a depressed state or a collapsed state that you do charge breathing, or if you're in a highly mm. activated, anxious state, you do more of relaxed breathing, bringing it down into the belly, kind of calming mm. the nervous system. So they do work mm. with trauma in the nervous system, but it doesn't involve touch typically. Um, mm -hmm. And they, um, so there sort of was limits to it. It's very useful in a lot of ways. Um, help my understanding mm -hmm. of um, why I was the way I was <laughs> based on mm. my family of origin and mm. it gave me a lot of imaginal resources so um, you know um, that good parent that I never had or you know because our parents are human mm -hmm. they're not perfect and um, and sort of that or higher power guide you know spirit guide that you know we can call in to or higher self, whatever it is for you, but to call in so that, you know, when I'm working at those critical moments of remembering an incident in my childhood, that I have an imaginal resource to have a different experience mm -hmm. um, and give myself what I didn't get. And so that was really kind of a good background for me um, coming mm -hmm. into this work. I, I still suggest that. I bring that in with clients too sometimes when I'm working because. Sometimes the resource can be a physical sensation, but sometimes it, it has to be imaginal. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I, I'll talk a bit, a bit more about that when I explain the work a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what integrative body psychotherapy is in a nutshell. <laughs> I took a, I took a mm. year of that training, um, myself, mm. um, when I was in the pastoral counseling program at St. Stephen's. Um, but then I decided I just wasn't quite what I wanted. And, um, and I'm glad because then I found Rosen Method and it's exactly what I wanted. So. And it's still, although it's been around for a while, I know you can give us the history yeah. of it. It's still rare, isn't it? Oh, it, it? is rare. Yeah. Um, I think the more common um, trauma work is somatic experiencing. I think that's made a, a yes. huge inroads in Canada, in Edmonton as well. Um, but right now I'm the only Rosen Method bodywork practitioner in Edmonton. There's one intern as well, Susan Sterling. And then we have um, a couple of, a few interns in the rural areas as well. Um, mm. But yeah, I. Um... You know, I think what I'm going to interject, what I love about um, this, this therapeutic modality coming from, you know, background in birth work Mm -hmm. and having laid my hands on so many people in labor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, just knowing, knowing the power of touch, Mm -hmm. the more I dove into trauma theory and trauma therapy, both my own healing and, you know, academically, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew that there was this missing component, especially in the realms of traditional therapy, where we, you know, we're not encouraged to touch. And yet we can be, you know, touch has so many, um, well, such, such value to it, but it, you know, can calm that nervous system down Mm -hmm. in such a rapid way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I strongly recommend to my clients that, you know, that they also engage in some form of body mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I wish I would have found this a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so, so yeah. So uh, tell us a bit about, about the method. Yeah, I will. Um, so mm-hmm. Rosen method body work was founded by Marion Rosen and um, Marion Rosen uh, learned the style of touch um, from um, Elsa Gindler and Lucy Hare, higher, sorry. And um, they're in, they were in Germany. And uh, Marion Rosen is from Germany, but she had to flee Germany because of Hitler. And um, hmm. so, because uh, she's part Jewish. And um, anyways, but what was, what was, what these ladies were doing is they were working with the body and touch and breath with uh, Carl Jung's contemporaries. So the men would do the psychotherapy and the women would do this touch and breath work. And they found that the Mm. people that worked with the body moved through their issues way faster than the people that just did the talk therapy, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's where Marion got Mm -hmm. her roots and her, her, uh, this style and this quality of touch. And she brought this with her to the United States when she immigrated eventually, um, there were a few other stops along the way, but uh, she settled in Berkeley, California, and eventually people started asking her to, to train them. And so that's sort of the therapy has been down in the United States for the last 40 years. It's, it's fairly popular in California, but overall hmm. still quite unknown. Marion is quite humble and 
didn't really uh, promote herself exactly. You know, she did write a book, though, um, Accessing mm-hmm. the Unconscious Through Touch, Rosa Method Bodywork. Um, so that's something that people can read if they're more interested in the modality. Um, but Marion just knew, um, she was also trained as a physio, that if she mm. was present with people and just held and supported their body, that there was something that happened that people would uh, start to shift. They'd start to soften from the inside out, that they could feel themselves more inside when someone just stayed with them and was present and supportive in their touch, rather than being forcefully manipulative. And now that's the difference between massage and Rosen. Mm. That massage and physio is forceful. It's, there's a problem here and I'm going to fix this. I'm going to manipulate the tissue and straighten out these fibers and I'm going to get a result. And that, that's appropriate for certain issues, obviously, when there's acute, um, something acute going on that needs to be robbed out, right? <laughs> when there's an injury mm-hmm. there, that's appropriate. Um, but for the chronic tension, for the emotionally charged tension, which there is a lot of in the body, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. a different approach is much, much more helpful. And... Um, And so this is sort of how Marion got started in her work. Now, the work has obviously evolved over the years, um, and it's had other influences. Um, Feldenkrais has influenced it. Um, Peter Levine's work in somatic experiencing is also influencing it now. Um, Mm. And so it is shifting in its understanding. There's a lot more science around touch and why touch works. Um, and how to help uh, support and regulate the nervous system and how to work mm-hmm. with trauma in the body. So we know a lot more now about trauma than, than when Marion started, right? Mm-hmm. So Marion was kind of going on instinct, um, as mm-hmm. Peter Levine was too at the beginning. But now there's a lot of research now that we know um, mm-hmm. that can support um, the work. Um, so basically what Rosen does is it really meets people where they are. So it's really about people dropping into their physical felt sensations in the body and um, allowing those sensations to be there with support. And sometimes it can be surprising, you know, um, a lot of times we stop feeling what's going on in our bodies or we judge it. We interfere with thoughts. We think, oh, why am I this way? And we try to fix ourselves with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, I shouldn't be this Mm -hmm. tight. Mm -hmm. I should try and relax. (laughs) And it doesn't work (laughs) because trying to relax doesn't relax you. Hey, (laughs) and sometimes what we need to do is allow the tension. We need to allow our resistance and realize, oh, I'm actually protecting myself here. Mm -hmm. And become aware of our self-protection. And also at the same time, really honor it because at one time we sure needed it. So Rosen doesn't seek to push you from where you are. It actually invites you to be exactly where you are and and feel Mm. it so that you can then release it. So you really have to Mm. allow what's already happening in the unconscious. And by the unconscious, I mean, um, there's parts of the brain where things are going on in the background, right? Um, Mm -hmm. the body is like a a storage house for any uh, dangerous emotion, impulse, experience, feeling, 
that you've had in the past that you've had to suppress because at the time it wasn't safe to feel it or act on it. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, let's say you were a child and you were really afraid and your first instinct was to fight your way out or run, let's say, run away. But for whatever reasons, Mm -hmm. you couldn't do that. And so you had to be still and you had to hide or you had to pretend not to be noticed. So that's a freeze response. And, and so in, in freezing to stay safe, you didn't get to run away. You didn't get to fight back or defend yourself. So that impulse to do that is then trapped in your nervous system. And it stays in your body in the background in your unconscious. And so later in life, let's say, you get into these situations where you feel overwhelmed, your body will automatically choose this freeze response from the past if it's a situation that's similar enough to childhood. And so the dangerous impulse was to stand up for yourself. And so a lot of times mm-hmm. when I'm working with people in Rosen, they, that's what they're encountering. They're starting to encounter these dangerous impulses they had, like, oh, to have a boundary or to fight back mm-hmm. or to run away. And so it's learning to allow these impulses and know that you're safe now to do that. You're an adult. You're in a safe environment. You're with a practitioner who is safe. So there's a lot of work at establishing sensations of safe. <clears throat> so I do that a lot with people, build their resources. Now, I was talking mm-hmm. about imaginal resources before, but most of my job is helping people establish sensory resources in their body. Like, how do you know that you're safe right now? How is your body letting mm-hmm. you know that? And so sometimes it's working with eyes and orienting into the room. Sometimes it's sounds. Sometimes it's just feeling certain parts of their body they can feel and, and know that they're safe. It could be the edges of their body. It could be deep in their bones. It could be a sense of support from my hands or the table. And that sort of calms the nervous system. Oh, yeah, I am safe now. So then it's safe mm-hmm. to feel how much, I, how scared I was when I was a kid and how much I wanted to run away, but that I had to stay still and, and you know, I was, I was trapped, but I'm not anymore. And so there's mm-hmm. sort of these phases that the body goes through is it realizes, oh, I'm not trapped anymore. I am, I am safe. And then there's some releasing of that, that experience. And then it's amazing because then the nervous system goes, oh, in, you know, as you continue, you, you know, the session ends and you go and live your life. Your, your body starts to recognize the difference between past and present a lot easier. So you don't get caught in these old habits anymore. You're like, oh, you have a moment when you can make a different choice and you don't freeze. Mm. You actually stand up for yourself now when you're in conflict. Mm. And so that's why it's just life changing. This work can be really life changing when you work with the body mm. and the nervous system. It really frees you to be that person you always wanted to be instead of the person you Mm. had to be to survive. And there's nothing Mm. wrong with people the way they are. They're just, um, they're doing what they had to do to survive. And that's so okay. But there's more to you than that. I always say there's Mm. more than your experience. There's so much Mm -hmm. more. Well, you're liberating energy. It frees Mm -hmm. it up so that you can be in present moment. And choice. In those, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. You're no longer responding based on past patterns mm-hmm. but when you free that energy then then you have this opening to be able to be in charge in a different mm-hmm. way yeah um you know, mm-hmm. so i'm 
you know, I'm a big, I, I really love Joe Dispenza's work um, in breaking the habit of being yourself <laughs> really corresponds mm-hmm. well with what it is that you're teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that, you know, our past, especially in those primary years, and I write about this as well, really imprinted mm-hmm. how we react in the moment until mm-hmm. we become conscious of it exactly. and shift it. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm really hearing that this is a modality that helps, it does. you know, release that yeah. energy mm-hmm. so that, yeah, you can show up in present time. Yeah. Let's, let's take maybe, um, maybe you have a real life example. If not, we mm-hmm. can talk a bit about how this might apply to that, to mm-hmm. a mom in the immediate postpartum, specifically mm-hmm. a mom who did experience a difficult traumatic you mm-hmm. know, Um, challenging birth Mm -hmm. experience Um, how beneficial might it be for her to be able to access this kind of service immediately postpartum yeah Mm -hmm. well hugely beneficial Um, and I have worked with a few mothers um, before and after birth and I think it's really important Um, it helps to um, regulate their nervous system again because if you've had a Mm -hmm. trauma in birth uh, giving birth um, it's, um, it's really important to have your nervous system stabilize and experience and come back to homeostasis, come back to a sense mm-hmm. of well-being and safety in this present moment so that you can help your infant, um, also self-regulate because as you know, uh, we learn self-regulation through co-regulation and mostly through our mothers mm-hmm. and our fathers as well but definitely mm-hmm. a lot through our mothers. And so what that means is, you know, our whole sense of self, our whole sense of well-being as infants, it all, you know, it all comes from being held by our mothers, um, being, you know, the eye contact, the connection, and our bodies mm-hmm. talk to each other. So if the mother is distraught and disconnected or stuck in a freeze or fight flight, highly activated in her body, the infant's going to feel that. And the infant's going to be activated as well. Mm-hmm. And so as the mother heals and decreases her activation and comes back to homeostasis, the infant's going to do that as well. It's just going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's highly, highly beneficial um, for mothers to support themselves. And also, I think birth trauma can also activate and bring up a lot of childhood trauma that's unresolved as well Mm. so if you have that going for you um that's also something that can be you know um you know sometimes women have had you know a pretty good birth even pretty good birth experience Mm -hmm. but just the fact that they've given birth and have a child Mm -hmm. now can bring up a whole bunch of stuff if they had birth trauma as infants Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and suddenly and this can happen for fathers too i have to say you know, I've seen fathers go through this too, where they, they have a, they have a baby and let's say they were adopted. Um, and mm. suddenly they have a huge issues come up for them around, mm. you know, just because they have an infant. Now they have a baby, their mm. own baby. It brings up their own mm. issues from when they were babies. And so I think it's healthy for definitely mothers, but also fathers to um, get support. If you find that, your responses are different. Um, you know, you're getting triggered more often, more emotional. Of course, 
some of that's natural because of lack of sleep and things like that. And just, you know, in general, <laughs> huge shift in your whole life. But I mean, the more mm-hmm. support that you can get as a mother, especially, it's so, so important um, to, mm-hmm. to be held as a mother, to really physically mm-hmm. be held um, is so huge. Um, I have mm-hmm. a beautiful card in, in my office. It's a grandmother. It's a First Nations artist. And it's uh, a grandmother holding a mother holding an infant. And it's mm-hmm. and they're all sort of one thing. And I think that's so beautiful because mothers really need to be held. We can't do that on their own. We don't parent on our own. Mm-hmm. And so um, the more support and the sooner you get it, the better. I'm really feeling into the value of, let's say, reaching out to receive this kind of care as you're talking about in that postpartum, regardless of one's birth experience, Mm -hmm. in the idea that if we're um, releasing any stuck energy from historical patterns or present patterns, Mm -hmm. that we would have more capacity to tolerate the sleep deprivation. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder how much of, you know, there is a huge, I mean, now with social media, everything's at the forefront, right? Mm -hmm. So when we had our kids, there wasn't social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were were really figuring this out through conversation Mm -hmm. by contact, Mm -hmm. truly, you know, Mm -hmm. like we would get together with our friends and making an assumption about you. But I know for me, Mm -hmm. that's what it looked like. And then we would have these conversations in person. Mm about some of the challenges that every mom goes through Mm -hmm. throughout those early years. Mm -hmm. And now those conversations are happening online. So Mm -hmm. the disconnections even more and the online platform, I know for myself, the more, uh, I guess, you know, releasing work I've done and healing work that I've done, the more sensitive I am to those platforms just the energy of the online world, just having your computer open mm-hmm. dysregulates my system, which I would not have noticed before because I wasn't as sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the, the, the more clearing we do, the mm-hmm. more sensitive we become, which is a mm-hmm. whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so going back to my point about sleep deprivation, because this is something that so many moms can relate to, and it's a, it's a huge fear. It's, and it feeds an anxiety that, you know, the minute I start to realize that I am sleep deprived, or I'm afraid of being sleep deprived, or I'm afraid that I'm going to be up all night long. And then I read about how awful sleep deprivation is. Mm. And then I'm online talking about it in forums, mm-hmm. I'm generating so much anxiety in my system Mm -hmm. and now everything is collapsing in on each on itself Mm -hmm. and it's tight and it's tense and and so my point being that I would imagine having this kind of support in which the mother felt held and that energy moved Mm -hmm. and was released from her body Mm -hmm. the more capacity she would have Mm -hmm. to enter what I consider to be that first year is an altered state Mm -hmm. where you're you're living in more of the alpha and the theta brainwave mm-hmm. states. So you're living in an altered state. The, the, the veil between the worlds is thin. Mm-hmm. And so we want to have spaciousness so that we can kind of ebb and flow between them because mm-hmm. 
we real we're still we're still um what i say is you know when we go through birth our cells are discombobulated mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. like we're blown wide yeah, open that's true and 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 that first year in my opinion you're you're reinventing yourself and you're bringing that energy back mm-hmm. and it's like you're reorienting your your being your body right mm-hmm. and and your identity mm-hmm. um and so I'm, I, yeah. yeah so that that's just a comment yes. you know in terms of yeah it's a very potent time mm-hmm. it's very rich and potent and um and i agree with you i think it's easy to be overwhelmed in it um and so the more support you can have to um learn to kind of harness that potency rather than be threatened by it excellent yeah exactly I mean that's a simple way of saying all of that I'm just you know because our listeners are are mostly moms Mm -hmm. within those first early years Mm -hmm. you know I'm really um seeing the value of having this conversation right now Mm -hmm. because I I know how how informed you are Mm -hmm. around you know our nervous system and health Mm -hmm. and releasing that energy using touch as this beautiful modality and you know, I'm curious from, you know, personally and professionally, what you're seeing today in terms of, do you get a sense that our nervous systems are more ramped up mm. or are we just more present to it? <laughs> wow, that's a good question. Oh, I want to mm-hmm. say yes to both probably. Um, I think there is a way that we're, we're, um, I think there is kind of a ramping up going on just generally in the world, Mm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, as we're kind of shifting and changing as a, as a planet, really, probably if I could be as broad, paint that broad brush, I I really do think we're evolving here. Um, but, um, I also think, yeah, yeah, we're more aware than we used to be. Um, and um, I also think, like what you said about social media, and um, I think we're being exposed, and I think there's a definitely um, a discombobulating effect of um, this sort of uh, social media uh, online presence that we kind of you know, certain forms of connection are being substituted. And, and I think mm. that um, we're forgetting that we're animals and um, mm. that there's a, also a real animal instinctual need there for connection um, through touch, um, through presence um, and community. Uh, that's really important and a need to be, I guess, simple as well as complicated we are Mm. complicated but i i think there's you know it's really easy to get hooked i think social media is designed for that too it hooks you can be very addictive um it also feeds loops like they know you know they study your preferences on and and then they bait you with stuff and so i think Mm. that we're kind of being manipulated as well there so it's very important to be careful (laughs) um in Mm. some ways there um, how much time we spend on screens and online. Um, and, 
you know, it's, it, it's takes you into your head. It can be a way of escaping what's really going on for you too. It can be not always, but it, it can be. And so it's really any opportunity to come back to your body, to come back to mindfulness mm-hmm. presence um, is always going to be a healing step, a step in the right direction. And sometimes like I remember when I was a young mom, you know, being present, you know, feeling in hmm. my body was like feeling my feelings felt like I might die. You know, like it was that intense hmm. for me because I didn't realize that I had PTSD at the time. Hmm. And so hmm. it was just so overwhelming for me to feel into my body. So I knew I needed help. I couldn't do that alone. And I think that that's hmm. really important that, you know, we are we are people, we need each other and we heal through connection. And that, you know, that was really important step for me is to get, to get help, to reach out and get help. In in the postpartum. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that moms will often ask me has to do with, you know, fear that, I've, I've messed up my right. kid, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm dysregulated yeah. in the postpartum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we, we all have that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're human yeah. and, and that's going to happen. What is your perspective on healing later in the game? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start your healing when your kids are seven, yeah, sure. let's just mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, your, yeah. What's your opinion uh-huh. on that? And, and yeah. how, does that impact, how does that impact the children? Yeah. Well, I have a lot. That's kind of more my story, actually. I mean, not seven, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of birth trauma with my son. And mm-hmm. um, my son was actually diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder, um, which I now feel was a misdiagnosis. I feel it was trauma, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I wish I knew now, I knew then what I know now. Good grief. I would have started the healing way earlier. But I will say that no matter what age you're starting, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to, I mean, we do, we do what we can with what we know at the time, you know, and it, beating yourself up is never productive. I mean, it's just <laughs> the worst thing you can do is shame yourself. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't help at all. Um, and I really feel um, that once we know better, we do better. And, and so it's just, um, you can have a tremendous effect. I, when I started Rosen, I think my son was 10-ish. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he started to change. When I started to do the body part, like the, the body work mm. and healed my nervous system, holy cow, he started to respond to that right away. You know, that was my experience too. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. then um, I did also uh, get help for him with somatic experiencing because they work with children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so as a, uh, a junior, in, you know, when he was about 12, I think I started with that. And that really mm-hmm. helped him. I mean, he's not in the autistic spectrum anymore. He's been officially tested and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's remarkable. And that just shows me that he actually never was autistic. He had trauma. And um, so it's, you know, it's never too late to heal yourself and to have a, a positive impact on your children um, whenever what, it happens. What, and, and why do you think that you doing the healing work that you did 
had an impact on your son because before yeah, you even put yep, him in because yeah. because my responses to him changed so yeah. how I showed up so he might be um let's say he would have an activation going on right so what that means is he's um emotionally he's in fight or flight so he's like eh, he's having some kind of fit or something you know some kind of overly stressed out <laughs> response of some sort and anxiety <laughs> let's say let's call it just anxiety over something but he's also perseverating so he's you know overthinking everything and like he's in a loop right of it's impossible mm-hmm. i'm super stressed out but it's impossible and i can't see my way out right so when your child you know yeah. when your child's in that loop of you know uh, they're very upset and they can't find their way and mm-hmm. um and so before i would have got activated too and I'd kind of join him there, like, you know, and I'd be like swooping in and I'd be like trying to fix him or change him or fix what's going on. And I'd feel like this is my fault. So then I have all this mm-hmm. guilt and um, I would respond to him more like he was a problem I had to solve rather than a human being. And um, that's my trauma of like, oh, I have mm. this is all my fault. I have to fix it. And I get vigilant, very vigilant in my body, tight you know um, I'd be in fight flight and so that all shifted and I would just sort of see him and I'd reflect back some of the feelings that I could see in him and I'd be calm Mm. about it and then he'd be like yeah that is how I'm feeling or you know or he you know and and he you know and he'd start to you know and I would just touch him like I hear all this in his head and I say yeah and I'm hearing all this and and I get that. And so, but what's happening in your body right now? And I just invite him to feel inside his body and use words to, you know, it was a little challenging at first, but to find words to express sensation and build his sensory vocabulary was huge. And then he mm-hmm. felt empowered by being able to access that and use his body mm-hmm. as a kind of a lever of an indicator of how he was actually doing. Because the head gets spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to bring him mm-hmm. back to his body was like oh yeah you know then he could easy more easily identify that he was afraid or uh, angry mm. or whatever it was you know mm-hmm. and um, so that just changed everything and then he felt really hurt by me instead of me trying to fix him because that would just mm. make him feel worse mm. about himself right because then he's <laughs> not good enough for me either right Right. So not only can he not figure himself out, but then he can't please me either. He can't get it right for me. And, and that was so stressful for both of us, you know. <laughs> and so when I stopped reacting to him, then he could calm down and kind of identify his feelings. And then, you know, we could kind of go from there and know that he was okay. On this other level, hmm. he was okay. And, um, and that, that was huge. It's kind of that I'm okay, you're okay thing, you know. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think knowing that healing is accessible at any stage and that it has this ripple Mm -hmm. effect is so comforting. Absolutely. And you know, like, and I have to think spiritually too, I'm a spiritual person and like, I, you know, I really do wish I had all this knowledge when my kids were little, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. And it's kind of part of my son's journey now, you know, and because we have, Mm. I have done the work and he's done the work. He has this real, depth to him and appreciation like he's journeyed as a human being already he's only 19 but he really knows himself Mm -hmm. and part of why he knows himself Mm -hmm. is because he suffered and Mm because he you know um, because he had you know uh, struggles as a kid and Mm -hmm. 
stronger in a way and more resilient. And so, you know, things happen in life. Traumas happen to us. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just glad that eventually we found the help we needed. You know, the, the sadder story would have been he didn't get any help and I didn't help mm-hmm. myself and he became an adult and, you know, is now living that out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, no matter when we get it, like even for me, like for my, my story, my mom didn't really get this kind of help till I was an adult already. I was well into my 20s. But even then the help my mom got for herself gave me permission to heal. So I don't think Hmm. it's ever really too late as a parent. We're always parenting. We're always being an example to our children. So Mm -hmm. I like to have that kind of positive. (laughs) I like to keep it positive. (laughs) Yeah. As much as we can. (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's helpful to hear hear how some of us have found our way Mm -hmm. right and the in the effects that that has what's your perspective on the idea of beginning and feeling just so overwhelmed with that Mm. that sense of doom and Mm -hmm. gloom and i have so much healing to do and i'm (laughs) you know i can barely just Mm -hmm. keep it together in my home already and you know, how might you support somebody who knows, but they're feeling trepidatious? Yeah. I really, I remember those feelings very well. Hmm. I think one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to have compassion and invite a kind of radical acceptance for yourself. Um, hmm. And to know that the healing is just takes time. And all we can ever do is take one step, just one step at a time. And every step, it might feel small and we might make just a small improvement and it doesn't feel fast enough for us, but just one step (laughs) is huge. That's all we can ever do. It's just that next step. What's the next step I can take and take that and then ask yourself, what's the next step and then take that. And that's all, all we can do. And, um, You know, know that you're in a process and that you will get there. It is going to get better, you know. Um, And when you get triggered, and and again, because it's going to happen again and again and again, (laughs) not to beat yourself up for it. You know, I I I had to change my inner language of like, oh, of course I'm triggered. Instead of, oh, you're triggered again. Like, how can you, you know, what's wrong with you? When will this ever end? When will I ever not be triggered you know, um, and, uh, mm. you know, just to be kinder to myself in it and go, yeah, you're triggered. Mm. Of course you are. You've had a lot happen to you. You have a lot of trauma to heal. Just notice the mm. triggered, you know, and then, then what yeah. else is there? Like there's more to you than this trigger. Right. And remember that, you know, it's, it's like mm. really acknowledging what's happened, happening. And then to remember that, um, I am more than that. There's a part of me that's my soul that's bigger than what happened to me. Mm. And um, to Mm -hmm. also remember that. And those things sort of keep things in perspective. Um, And, you know, I think I had to accept as a mom that some days I just wore my pajamas all day. You know, (laughs) and we ate pancakes for supper, you know, (laughs) Mm because that's the kind of day it was, you know. Or some, like, mm-hmm. or the first time I took my kids to McDonald's, like heaven forbid, you know, I didn't make them an organic, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
homemade <laughs> meal that I, you know it was like you know and not to feel guilty about that to just be like you know I'm doing the best that I can today and um just because I've made you know a mistake or uh or I went to McDonald's instead of made organic food for my kids doesn't mean I'm a bad person or it doesn't mean I'm a bad mom um we we mm -hmm. get that we put that on ourselves a lot we're really hard on ourselves and so mm -hmm. I think um you know just to be gentle with yourself and um and love yourself you know and that little voice mm -hmm. inside your head that tells you you're not good enough or that you're screwed up or that you're you know just give that a rest <laughs> you know just doing it yeah, all wrong just set that aside see if you can just set that aside <laughs> you know hmm. and um and give yourself a break I used to you know I kind of would um I have like thoughts for the day or little cards that I would draw and I would kind of use those words if I got caught in a negative um a self-hatred spiral <laughs> you know kind of pull mm. myself out of that and you know learn the tools to help pull yourself out of those little uh, um mm -hmm. unhelpful uh self-hating <laughs> spirals that we get into yeah that yeah. we all get into totally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I won't I won't get into what you know has imprinted that because <laughs> yeah. that would oh, be yeah. a whole other hour <laughs> Um, I'm curious what other body modalities you recommend, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody can't access uh, Rosen mm -hmm. method. Yeah. I know you mentioned a few, but, and, and maybe if you even know what the difference is between mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So I think, um, <clears throat> well, somatic experiencing is a great work. It's Peter Levine's work and I receive it myself. I highly, highly value that work. Um, but somatic experiencing, some of it involves touch and some of it doesn't. Some of it is just chair work. And that's okay, too, because sometimes we're not ready for touch, actually, um, depending mm -hmm. on our nervous system and what's going on. Uh, we have to, to spend some time just working in the chair with someone first. I even do that sometimes with people because the touch is just too overwhelming. Like we may want touch, but our bodies may not be ready for it yet, just in that we're not feeling mm -hmm. safe enough. Um, and uh, so I highly recommend that work. There's several therapists in the city that do somatic experiencing um, now. So, and, and, and then also recognizing that for those listeners who are global, just Googling somatic experiencing somatic ex yeah. Yeah. in, in your right. area. Yeah. They have a yeah. good central website too, like the somatic experiencing Institute, and they should have a list of practitioners mm -hmm. all over the world or all over North America. And mm -hmm. um, so that's a really uh, good work. I trust that work a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Body work. Um, Rubenfeld Synergy. Rubenfeld, Alana Rubenfeld's work, I think, is another great work. Um, okay. I would recommend that. Um, again, it's a little rarer. It's like Rosen. Um, it's a little okay. rarer. But, you know, there might be someone in your area that does that. Um, I think biodynamic craniosacral therapy is close. Um, I don't know if they're mm -hmm. quite as trauma trained as we are, but it would, if you are a bit more resilient um, or if you have a really good like therapist already and, um, mm -hmm. and then you were to do biodynamic craniosacral with a therapist that, that might be a pretty good option as well um, because mm -hmm. they're working similarly. Um mm. 
and uh, but not just uh, craniosacral, biodynamic craniosacral therapy. That that's a specific hmm. kind of. They have extra training. Okay. Um, and because that's important that they have extra training. You know what I also think is very supportive um, for trauma mm-hmm. is people who are really well trained in acupuncture, um, mm. and uh, not. Um, I mean, the traditional Chinese medicine, really well trained, like from China, um, not the necessarily the North American versions, but someone who's really well versed in the traditional Chinese approach to acupuncture, that can be very supportive for the body. And I think it's mm. a good, because um, they really work with the systems and they really can support mm-hmm. the nervous system. And if you tell them you're suffering from trauma, they can work with trauma points for you as well. Um, so that can be supportive too, um, if needles aren't too much for you. Um, but again, it's not going to be the same as the touch. But um, you know, you, you work with what you have around you. What is body talk? Oh yeah, body talk. Uh, I don't know a lot about body talk. Um, I do know okay. that people have yeah. done it and it's helped them. But I usually then they you know, I, I do have clients that have done it, but then they come to me and they feel like when they're working with me, they're working at a deeper level. So I, mm, I think it's okay. good, probably mm-hmm. good work, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're really wanting to heal the nervous system at a deeper level, then you're going to do Rosen method or somatic experiencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a deeper mm-hmm. level of healing. Mm-hmm. And do you recommend after, um, the hands-on that your clients move their body so that they engage in some kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. yoga or Absolutely. dance movement or Tai Chi yeah. or yeah, yeah no <laughs> movement is excellent actually that's why I haven't talked about it yet but I do teach uh, Rosen mm-hmm. Method movement and a lot of my clients you know some of my clients come to my classes um, because it's just a way of facilitating that mindfulness while you're moving and learning mm-hmm. how to move with ease in the body and joy, sort of access that vitality. So it's not exercise. It's actually a mindfulness practice while you're moving. And it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of helps you feel like you did when you were a kid again, you know, that kind of playful <laughs> energy inside, um, that aliveness. Mm-hmm. And so uh, certainly there's some yogas that do that too, that invite that, that yin yoga, I think. Um, there's yo- mm-hmm. yogas that are, you know, specifically designed to work with people who have trauma um so i would look for that kind of yoga not that kind of super intense aggressive physically demanding yoga anything that's gonna be gentle and allow you to really listen to your body Mm -hmm. oh another thing that's really good that might be helpful as a movement is called somatics um i have Hmm. some um friends um, and peers that do somatics and that is also very listening work, listening inside mm. your body and moving. Um, so I haven't tried it myself, but I've heard very good things about it. I know there's a lot, there's definitely some of that in Edmonton. Um, so that's something mm. to check out too. Um, tai Chi would be good too. Yeah. Things like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So really the listening, the slower, piece, the slowing, slowing yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I've learned that we don't want to ramp up the cortisol with high intensity exercise, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, because that can be counterproductive. Yeah, so. it can. Yeah. It can yeah. also be, you know, it can also be appropriate at certain times, depending on your, where you're at in your healing journey. But, you That's know, definitely right. it's, 
it's very beneficial to slow down um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. listen. Yeah, or like um, short bursts yeah. of energy is yes. what I, you know, was yes. trained in. So, yeah. you know, like 30 seconds of high mm -hmm. intensity of letting it all yeah. out, right? That's you right. Know, sprinting, yes. jumping, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shaking That's wildly, right. like that yeah. whole animal mm -hmm. release response. Yeah, it can feel very uh, therapeutic to let yourself engage in that mm -hmm. and then come out of it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was a wonderful conversation. And before we close, are there any final thoughts or takeaways that you'd like our listeners to know? Mm. Well, I guess um, I think that um, the one thing that, you know, has really helped me is a practice of learning to replace judgment with curiosity. And if there's nothing that else that you got from this interview, but that to consider what would it be like to replace your judgments with curiosity and, and to have that kind of kindness towards yourself, to be curious about what's going on with you and your body rather than to judge it. And if you can mm -hmm. have that, then whatever your next step is for you is going to be a lot easier to find. And yeah. And where can people find you? And yes. if they're not local to Edmonton, mm -hmm. um, where where could you send them to? Okay. So to find me is pretty easy. Um, you can go to my website, www.themindfulbody.ca. And my phone number and uh, email and address and everything is all on there. Um, my uh yeah so i'll just leave that at that mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can find me that mm -hmm. way um <laughs> also i guess if you're not in edmonton um i think I recommend that you uh search a somatic experiencing um or you know you could try we do have um we have a Rosen intern in Red Deer. We have um, one in um, Lloydminster. We have one north of the city. Mm -hmm. um, I forget, uh, kind of in the Onaway area. Is um, there is there a localized website? There is nationally. You go to the Rose, okay. Yeah. Well, if you go to the Rosen Method Institute Canada uh -huh. website, which is uh, www.rosenmethod.ca. There is a listing of practitioners there. So there may be a practitioner in your area or an intern. Nice. An, an intern's a student, but they're quite advanced. So they're, they're definitely, they have their own practices. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how you can um, find someone as well. Um, if you're in Southern Alberta or Calgary, that's a little different. And so then I would uh, recommend that you, because uh, we don't have anyone there, that you would check out a somatic experiencing practitioner okay. um, for which there are a few in mm -hmm. Calgary. And you and, have an upcoming workshop? Uh, yes, we do have an upcoming workshop. It's um, Inhabit Your Body, Your Life through Rosa Method uh, Bodywork and Movement. It's an excellent opportunity because it's the first time that we've actually offered the movement and the bodywork together. Um, so it's really being introduced to the work. Um, you have a, we have our two lovely senior teachers. Karen uh, uh, Peters is our senior Rosa Movement teacher. And Mariette Bernstein is the director of teaching for the Rosa Method Institute Canada and, um, and senior teacher in the work. And she is going to be teaching the body work. 
and so um yeah, you'll have a chance to do Rosen Method movement classes. I'm going to be assisting at that workshop as well and teaching some of the movement. And um, there's going to be our sharing circles that we have, and you get to watch a demonstration, and there'll be a talk. And then you also have a chance to practice some hands-on, which is a really lovely way to learn how to connect with people in a more present and embodied way. Hmm. And so it's a three-and-a-half-day workshop, April 11th to 14th. And uh, it's at Healing Connections in downtown Edmonton and the Oliver Square uh, or the Oliver. Yeah. Oliver mm -hmm. District <laughs> behind mm -hmm. Oliver Square. And um, yeah, it's uh, if you go to the rosamethod.ca website, you'll find the registration link there and mm. find out more about it. Or you can contact me personally at cinnamon at rosamethod.ca. Wonderful. Well, it was a pleasure having you on our on our uh, podcast today, Cinnamon. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. It was a, a pleasure. <laughs>